in-between time will drive you up a wall because the in-between times don't have a time limit. And see, what I've discovered is that anybody can put up with anything for a while, Marsha. But when there is no expiration date, it's hard to hang in an interim place without an expiration date. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Come and join us in the sanctuary as we listen in on a dynamic word from our senior pastor, Dr. Gina M. Stewart. I want to talk today about the road to recovery. Last week, I told you that God is not finished with your story yet. And that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is our reminder that all those setbacks and dark moments are inevitable in our lives. They do not have to have the last word. Look at somebody say, a setback is inevitable. But it doesn't have to have the last word. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ when Jesus died on the cross for our sins was one of the darkest moments in the world. But thank God that even though it looked like death won, early Sunday morning, nobody else shout out that Baptist do, Jesus got up from the grave with all power in his hand. Early Sunday morning, despite everything that his enemies tried to do to ensure that the crucifixion, J.D., would seal his fate, I'm happy to report that the tomb is empty. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the ultimate comeback story. It's the comeback story of all time and the testimony of those who proclaimed on that first day of the week, he is risen. The testimony of those who were there to witness Jesus' resurrection from the dead just days after they thought it was over, after he was pronounced dead and buried, stands at the core of the gospel. Our faith pivots around the resurrection. Not just the cross, but also the resurrection. That's why if you hear most Baptist preachers preach, uh, in fact, nowadays, you know, scholarship and stuff, they, you know, they want to say you don't have to go by the cross every time you preach. But if you're in a Baptist church and you hear most Baptist preachers, they're going to say something about early Sunday morning. And the reason why we take you by the cross is because we want to make sure that you know that our faith pivots around the fact that Christ, who was dead and buried, did not stay in the grave, but he got up early Sunday morning. And our faith pivots around the fact that the death or the, res the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was not the last word. The resurrection is our evidence that you can make a comeback. And the fact that Jesus got up from the grave and still lives on reminds us that Jesus come back cosmic in spoke, scope and timeless in implication is the perennial symbol of victory. In other words, if you ever feel like you're going you're gonna to lose it, if you ever feel completely defeated and you think it's over, look at the cross and shout about the empty tomb. Every time you look at the cross, it was at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my, I don't hear nobody saying, and now I'm happy all the day. I'm not happy because he suffered, but I'm happy because he conquered death. He put the devil to an open shame. And the cross 
The crucifixion is our perennial symbol of victory. And Jesus' enemies thought that the last chapter had been written. The resurrection became proof that there is a sequel to the story. Scandal ain't the only one with a sequel. You all look at your neighbor and say, scandal is not the only one with a sequel. There's a sequel to my story. There's another chapter. I don't hear nobody saying that. God is not finished with your story yet. There's another chapter. There's a sequel because our lives are anchored to a sacred narrative. They're anchored to a narrative that is teleological and eschatological, meaning that God is the executive producer of the script. God is writing the story. And I know that there may be others that have already written you out of the plot, but God is the executive producer. And because he is the executive producer, there is my life is anchored to a sacred narrative. And I'm moving toward a, an end that is purposeful and hopeful. This is why you can never afford, as tempting as it may be, to think that your life is over. Or to believe that your best days are behind you because your life is not just anchored to your life. It's anchored to a sacred narrative. It's anchored to a larger story. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm anchored, I'm, I'm anchored to something that's bigger than me. Which means that your part in the story is not just about what's going on in your life, but it's about what God wants to do through your life. So that means that the worst thing that ever happened to you cannot be the last thing because God has the last word. I wish somebody knew where to shout today. If it was just about my story, Jackie Williams, I could lay down now. Lord, have mercy. If it was only about my story and about what's going on in my life, and all the hell I'm going through and the disappointment and the pain I've experienced, I could just lay down and die right now. But I'm anchored. Somebody saw us all say I'm tied to something greater. Lord, I wish I had somebody that could get happy here. I'm connected to something that's greater than my own story. And thanks be to God that God's reputation is riding on my success. Because somebody that doesn't believe who God is will one day look at my life and say, what kind of God is this? That he loves us so much he let her make a comeback. They had written her off. They thought she was dead. They said she wouldn't make it. The devil had his foot on her neck. They thought they had written the last chapter, but God. Do I have anybody in here with a but God praise? Why don't you clap your hand, ladies and gentlemen, and give God a but God praise. Just clap your hands and open your mouth and say, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. This thing is bigger than me. If it was just about me, it would have been over. Y'all could have rolled me in here and pronounced me earth to earth, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. Ah, but I thank God that my life is anchored to a sacred narrative. God is the executive producer. He wrote the script, and he exercises, I told you last Sunday, editorial privilege. Which means that just when the devil thinks my story is over, God says there's another chapter. High five, your neighbor say, I don't know when, and I don't know where, but I know there's a sequel coming behind this. There, there's another chapter behind this. There's something else behind this ain't the end. This here, here ain't it. That's why, Aunt Ruby, this is important. Because the message that we got to, you got to hear is that you cannot live life without setbacks. 
there's, there's a flaky theology afloat that suggests to people that if you love God and you got the word in you, ain't nothing going to happen to you. That ain't true. In this life, Jesus said, you're going to have, come on, trials and tribulation. Setbacks are inevitable. It is not uncommon to experience setbacks in life. I, I don't even want to ask you to raise your hand, but I know at least half of you in here are dealing with some kind of setback right now. Be it a setback in our business, a setback in our finances, a setback in our health, a setback in our relationship. Even in life, all of us experience setbacks. As a matter of fact, some of you come to worship and you're saying to God, God, I thought it would have been further along than this by now. I thought by now I would have been married. I thought by now I would have been out of debt. I thought by now that things would have changed. I thought by now I would have seen a turnaround. All of us experience some kind of setback. I thought I'd be further, somebody said, than this on my job. I thought by now I would have been promoted. I thought by now they would have stopped looking over me and given me a chance. All of us experience setbacks. Somebody that's been in school and looked like you on the long-term plan. You, you thought by now you would have graduated. You, you thought by now you would have been received the degree because all of us experience setbacks. Bad decisions, job losses, divorce and health problems. Even countries around the world have experienced an economic setback due to a recession. In fact, many of us feel the trickle-down effect because the United States, one of the largest and one of the most richest countries in the world, has not been exempt from the perils of an economic recession. But I want to tell you today that although all of us experience setbacks, you don't have to take a step back. Hey, y'all miss your place to shout. Look at somebody say, a setback doesn't mean you have to take a step back. Because I have resurrection power living inside of me. Even though I have a setback, I can make a comeback. Somebody ought to shout right there. Because everybody who has set out to do something, Cheryl, has experienced setbacks. Most of the people that we admire and appreciate and who inspire us have had setbacks. I bet you didn't know Walt Disney founder of Disneyland when he was young tried to get a job as a newspaper cartoonist but he was rejected by the industry because one Kansas City editor told him he lacked imagination. Now ain't that a joke? Then a bad deal resulted in the bankruptcy of the first cartoon studio and many of his and one of many such failures and even his most iconic creation, listen, Mickey Mouse we all know about Mickey Mouse was initially dismissed by studio execs because they said the character would frighten women. Disney got his fairytale ending, however, when he finally succeeded in building an entertainment empire complete with Disneyland, and we all know that the rest is history, including Mickey and Minnie Mouse. J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter series, we all know about her, Regardless of how we feel about Harry Potter, you need to know her story. She first penned her book, the paragraph that would grow into a multi-billion dollar industry when she was a nearly broke single mother struggling with depression. When she finally completed the first manuscript, listen, it was rejected by 12 publishers. 
before a small London publishing house picked it up, and the initial print run was only a 1,000 copies, half of which went to libraries. But Rowling didn't give up. Of course, she went on to sell a few more, and according to biography.com, she is now wealthier than Queen Elizabeth II. This woman who was on the brink of depression, a single mom who was flat broke, is now richer or is on par, Lord have mercy, with Queen Elizabeth II. How about Colonel Sanders? All of us love KFC chicken, Kentucky Fried Chicken. We like it fried. We like chicken strips. We like crunchy chicken. We like the corn. We like the greens and the slaw. He was confronted with the restaurant owner's worst nightmare, a low-traffic location and an eatery that almost closed down because a newly built highway bypassed the site, making it difficult for prospective customers to find it. Now, at 65, somebody says 65. Now, this man is just getting started at 65. Many of us that are in our 40s are crying because we feel like our best days are behind us. And we won't even talk about being 50 and 55. Some of us are going through depression and midlife crisis right now because we look back at the first part of our lives and then we look at how much we got left. Because if you're on the other side of 50, your time going forward may not be as long as the time that's behind you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And sometimes you can look at what's behind you and look at what's in front of you and you can slip into a depression because you think about all the stuff that you intended to have done. I ain't talking to nobody but myself in here. The things you thought you would have accomplished by now and the, all the setbacks you could have. But listen, Colonel Sanders at 65 was just getting started. And he was getting ready to retire and call it quits. But instead, listen, he took matters into his own hands. Look at your neighbor said, I have creativity. I have innovation. You got to be creative. You can't roll over and play dead. This is the year of empowerment. It, when his business didn't work, when the location didn't work, he started traveling from town to town cooking his chicken for restaurant owners. Within five years, now he's 70. Within five years, at the age of 70, he opened 40 franchises. And he wound up selling his stake in the company in 1964 for $2 million. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot to us now. But if you look at how long ago 64 is, that's what, 50 years ago? 50 years ago, $2 million was probably like billion dollars. He sold it and remained the company's spokesman until he died in 1980. Look at your neighbor and say, a setback doesn't have to mean a step back. And then there were Bible characters who had setbacks. Moses had a setback. He had this lofty pro prophecy over his life. God called him in a burning bush, told him he would lead him and his people into a land that flowed with milk and honey. But for many years, it looked like all that Moses experienced was setbacks. They wandered in the wilderness, looked like they were walking in circles, no restaurants in the desert. And then when God rained down food from manna, manna from heaven and quail from heaven, the folk were complaining and grumbling because they didn't like the menu. And every time you read Exodus, at some point, at, at, at strategic intervals, there are these significant pauses in Moses' life, his tenure with God, where he continues to complain with God about what looks like a setback or a delay. 
He says, God, these are your folk. These are the folk you called out. These ain't, I didn't give birth to these people. Moses was always complaining to God about what appeared to be a setback. Joshua had setbacks when Ahan went in and stole the booty at, at Ai, and it looked like they were getting ready to move forward, and he had sin in the camp. Joshua fell on his face, about to cry, and God said, get up off your face. What you down on your face crying for? God wanted him to know that as long as God was with him, a setback did not mean a step back. Peter and the rest of the disciples had setbacks. David had setbacks. And all of them were doing what they thought God wanted. They were fulfilling their purpose when something happened which, made them, which could have made them stop. As a matter of fact, you lifetime aholics like me, probably saw a movie this week called The Brooke Ellison Story, and a story inspired by the story of Brooke Ellison, who was injured in a car accident at the age of 11, left her permanently paralyzed, and only with the help of her mother and support from her mother was she able to go to school. Her mother had to sit in the classroom with her through all of her classes to ensure that she could finish school, finish high school, and then she was accepted to Harvard University. And she refused to allow her life as a quadriplegic to stop her from fulfilling her dreams. And I'm happy to report that not what not was she not only accepted to Harvard, but she graduated from Harvard. The first quadriplegic to graduate from Harvard University. Many of these servants and other people like us questioned God. When they suffered setbacks, Moses often went to the Lord for confirmation of what he was doing. When Gideon was in the, in the, in the, in the cave threshing wheat, hiding out, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, you a mighty man of valor. Gideon said, well, if the Lord is with us, why is all this stuff happening to us? Have you ever said that? Well, Lord, if you with me, how come all hell breaking loose in my life? If you with me, how come I can't pay my bills? If you with me, how come I'm struggling? If you with me, why is there so much pain in my life? If you with me, why is there so much disappointment? Elijah was so frustrated, he asked God to take his life. Elijah, the prophet, the Tishbite. The one who had an anointing that was so great on his life that he could raise folk from the dead. I'm trying to help you this morning. I want you to know that you're not the only one. I am not the only one who has ever experienced a setback that we felt meant that our life was over. David wrote Psalms that revealed his question to God. Peter went out and wept bitterly after he denied Jesus. All of them had setbacks that looked like defeats. But you know what made them different? They were endowed with a spirit that decided that defeat was not an option. May I suggest to you that quitting is easy. And some of us all just say, you quit every week. Do I have anybody here that quits every week? You quit, some, you quit being a mama every week. You, come on, y'all ain't saying nothing. You quit being a wife every week. You quit being a spouse. You quit school. Do I have anybody here that's willing to tell the truth? That walks out, I'm through. Do I have anybody here with an I'm through testimony? You, you, you quit every week. You know why? <laughs> you quit, you, you quit principaling every week. By 10 o'clock, Reverend Brown said by 10. And some of us got her beat. Some of us quit before we get up. We I ain't gonna do I ain't gonna do it. Do it for the vine. I ain't gonna do it. Do it for the vine. Look at somebody say, I ain't gonna do it. Every morning we get <laughs> we getting up saying, I ain't gonna do it. 
Do I have any, anybody with an ain't gonna do it testimony him? I'm tired, let somebody else do it, let somebody, <laughs> look at Jackie Williams shaking her head. I ain't gonna do it. Look at somebody, I said do it for divine. Do it for divine. They knew or they believed that defeat was not an option. Giving up is easy. Quitting is easy. Making this decision to stop is easy. Making the decision not to care is easy. Anybody can do easy. But I didn't come to talk to the people that want to do easy today. I came to talk to the folk that have resurrection power living on the inside of you. And you know way down in your spirit that better days are here. I've come to talk to the people who may be troubled on every side, yet not distressed, persecuted, but not in despair, perplexed, but not forsaken, cast down and not destroyed. I want to tell you that God is not finished with your story yet. And you know what? I've, I've sat where you sat. I've been in some places where I was down so low and I would sit in service and I would cry the whole service. I would listen to the preacher preach and it would sound like what they sounded like was so good and I would be saying to myself, yeah, but that's true for everybody but me. But I came to tell you today that the devil is a liar, that God is no respect of person and that it is no secret what God can do and what he's done for others, he'll do for you. And if he said it, he'll do it. And if he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Do I have anybody in here today that can give God an advanced prayer? that your story is not over yet. I might be old, but my story ain't over yet. I might be broke, but my story is not over. I may be tired, but my story ain't over yet. Because with every setback, God is saying to you, you can recover. Why don't you high five your neighbor, tell him you can recover. You can make a comeback because God is not finished with your story yet. There's another chapter. There's another sequel to be written. I wish I had some folk that are living in another chapter from your previous experiences that could just give God about 30 seconds of your praise to let somebody know that God is faithful and he will finish he will complete Lord have mercy he will perform that which he has promised to do he will do it but with every setback somebody say with every setback with every disappointment with every letdown there is a choice that must be made and here is the choice you got to decide whether it's going to be a stopping place or a starting point. Just look at your neighbor and say, what you going to do? Is it going to be a starting place or a stopping point? That decision is a choice that only you can make. So I come to talk to the people today who believe that God is not finished with your story. I've come to talk to the people today who believe there's a sequel to your story. And you're bold enough to declare and to decree that you're on the road to recovery. Why don't you just put it in the atmosphere? Why don't you just preach to somebody else and say, I might not look like it, but I'm on the road to recovery. You might not think much of me, but I'm on the road to recovery. Despite the setback, despite the disappointment, Despite the hell that I had to go through, I'm on the road to recovery because a setback can be a setup for a comeback. I will not give in. I cannot quit right here. I am on the road to recovery. Since the beginning of the year, we've been declaring that this is the year of empowerment. We've declared that we've been empowered to prosper. But it doesn't just happen. Somebody says stuff doesn't just happen. 
things that happen have to be done on purpose and with purpose. You decide, Alicia didn't get that degree because she just said, I'm going to get a degree. She had to decide, first of all, to fill out the application. She had to decide that she was going to go back and apply for financial aid or whatever. She had to figure out how she was going to pay. Then once she was accepted in school, she had to decide she was going to go to class. You see, people don't give you grades for sex and good looks. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You have to make a decision to do some things on purpose and with purpose. Reverend Lisa is not graduating with her Masters of Divinity because she just decided one day, I want to go back to school and get a degree in, in ministry. She had to do some things on purpose and, and with purpose. Drive from Jackson, Tennessee. Make the trip back and forth week after week. Sometimes spending the night in Memphis, getting a hotel room, not even going back home. Some things have to be done with purpose and on purpose. There is a price to pay for your recovery y'all ain't saying nothing so what I'm suggesting is that we can recover and the reason why we can recover is because we have resurrection power in us but that resurrection power must be activated which means that things have to be done on purpose and with purpose if we're going to get back on the road to recovery text today that we lifted up finds David dealing with a devastating setback he and his men had been away for a few days, and they had been in a place called Aphek. They were actually staying in a place called Ziglag, and Ziglag was an interim place. One writer describes it as a place between prophecy and destiny. And may I suggest that many of us today are spiritually in a place called Ziglag. It's not the place where the blessing or the prophecy was pronounced over your life, but it's also not the final destination. It's that in-between time. And you know, those in-between times will make you smoke junk, make you smoke dope. Y'all ain't saying nothing. They'll make you go back to the crack. If you're not an alcoholic, they'll make you start drinking. Come on, I need to real people now. The in-between time will drive you up a wall because the in-between times don't have a time limit. And see, what I've discovered is that anybody can put up with anything for a while, Marsha. But when there is no expiration date, it's hard to hang in an interim place without an expiration date. The reason why many of us get so frustrated, the reason why many of us find ourselves vacillating back and forth between starting and stopping is because of zigzag. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not schizophrenic, it's zigzag. Come on, look on the other side and tell me, I ain't crazy, it's zigzag. I'm just tired of being in the same place. I'm tired of going in circles. Do I have anybody here? I'm tired of waiting on a breakthrough. I'm tired of being broke. Come on, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of having a, do I have anybody in here? I need the zigzagites to just jump to your feet and clap your hands and tell them, it ain't me, it, I ain't crazy, I'm not schizoid, I'm just tired. And don't take it personal. Look at your neighbor and say, don't take it personal. See, the thing that we don't understand, somebody helped me with that the other day. Sometimes stuff is going on in our lives that ain't got nothing to do with us. And we're so sucked in by zigzag that we don't even realize what we look like to everybody else. But just tap your neighbor and say, but don't take it personal, sugar. It ain't got nothing to do with you. I'm just sick of zigzag. I'm tired of being in the same place, going in the same place, moving around the same mountain, and ain't nothing happening. Do I have any company in here that's tired of Ziglag. Ziglag was the interim place. It was the place, it was not the place of destiny, but it was not the place of prophecy. Let me pause parenthetically here and say many of you have prophecy over your life. 
There are many of you that God has spoken a word over your life. Janet Floyd has spoken over your life, and and God has prophesied to you and, and, and said things to you, and it's been one confirmation after the other. May I suggest to you that when people start prophesying to you, start writing it down. And the reason why you need to write it down is because if it's a real prophet, when God brings it to pass, you'll have the proof. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I said, if it's a real prophet, and the sign of a real prophet is that if they say it, it's going to come to pass. Now, they may not, it might not happen next week. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. It may take a long time before the prophecy comes to pass, but write it down. Touch your neighbor and say, write it down. <laughs> so that when it comes to pass, you'll know that it was a woman or a man of God that spoke it to you. And every now and then, you need to go back and read what the prophecy was. Because sometimes just reading what God has said is in your future will help you to take another step. I just wish I had somebody that could just stand up and just put one foot out in front of the other and just, and just shout about the prophecy that you already heard. Just go on and rejoice about where you headed. Just go on and thank God about where God has taken you. That you're not there yet, but it's on the way. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray that you were tremendously blessed by the word. Like what you've heard? You can purchase this message by visiting www.christmbc.org store or by emailing us at orders at christmbc.org. Be sure to mention the title of the message. We are one church in two locations. Join us at one of our two locations at 8 a.m. at our east location at the Esplanade Memphis located at 901 Cordova Station, Cordova, Tennessee 38018 or at 10 a.m. at our south location located at 480 South Parkway East, Memphis, Tennessee 38106. May God continue to bless you is our prayer.